Welcome in, everyone. This is Andy Hawkins, and it is Friday, and it is off the eye. Off the eye. Here we yeah. are. I'm Susan Harrison. Good to and, meet you. Yes, it is. And we, let's get to our clues right away. Held okay. up the bookends. Come on. Tell it was us the how bookend, we, right? We, we bookended two counties that we've been to, the Red Rose City, White Rose City. Right. We visited the city of Lancaster. This time we visited... York, York, South Carolina, the White Rose City. Exactly, and because they used that because the War of Roses, and that's a really interesting war. Yeah, which I had time to talk about it, but y'all look at your history books. There war you go. of Roses. There you go. The second part of that clue was the, the collie. Collie. There was a collie on the bookend, mm-hmm. so why collie? Originally from Scotland. There you go. These early settlers in Lancaster and York were from Pennsylvania by way of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then they drove. Scotland, Ireland, boom, here they were. South Carolina, where they also renamed their towns Lancaster, York, and Chester. There you go. There you go. And, of course, the other thing was that we had a courthouse that was... uh, Robert Mills, that's right, the Robert Mills Courthouse. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the Robert Mills Courthouse in the city of York is gone, Mm -hmm. but we visited the fourth courthouse built in 1915 Mm -hmm. by a Charles Augustus Edwards, I believe. Very good memory. Oh, I don't know if I remember. Excellent. That one. We're going to be telling you more about that because we got a very personal tour there. Yes, we did. Um, but our first stop was breakfast, and uh-huh. we had. <laughs> this is a five out of five, people, yes. for the fork on this one. Rainbow donuts. They are open six days a week. It is unbelievably good. We got every penny, sprinkles, worth every pound, every calorie, every everything. Every mile you drive. Exactly. Exactly. It is absolutely fabulous donuts. I mean, they're, they're fabulous. Um, the lady who runs it and her husband, her name is Chantha King. We didn't meet him. He, was he I think, had gone home. He, he's he's from China. He was from China. She was from Cambodia. And we thought it would be interesting for you to hear her an interview with her. She does have an accent, people. And she came here from, was it Cambodia, California, York? It was, and I believe somebody came in and said, good morning, sunshine, and she said, good morning, y'all. There you go. So, here we go, Rainbow Donuts in York, South Carolina. Welcome in, everybody. This is Andy Hawkins and Susan. And Susan Harrison. And tell us what we've just had for breakfast here, Susan. We just had... Where are we? We are at Rainbow Donuts, just outside of the city of York. Yes. And we just had some of the best donuts by far, aside, of course, from Andy's Donuts. (laughs) Great donuts. And we're here to interview the owner of Rainbow Donuts. That's right. Yeah, so we are here at your place. We found you online, and we thought it was interesting because I did at one time make donuts in our little town when I retired from my other job. And tell us about your name. We want to learn your name and um, tell us about how you got here. Okay? okay. Yeah. Hey, I am Chanka from Rainbow Donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I come here. The business has started almost three years. Mm-hmm. And we moved from California. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> California to York, South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> you know, California, there's a, the business is complete. Mm-hmm. So the donut store every corner. <laughs> and that is different here. So yeah. we don't have that as much yeah. as they do there. Yeah. So you yeah. saw an opportunity. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and did you grow up, or your husband, I know, is also, he's the one who, does he make the yeah, donuts? Yeah, he makes the donuts. I just have him some. 
Okay. And did he grow up making donuts or uh, no. learn that? Yeah, we learned that because we, we used to, like, I work for the people in the California. Mm -hmm. Who made donuts? Yes. Ah, so you brought and, that experience. Yeah. So. I used to work in the donut store also. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I like serving, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. So, yeah. Good. We want to make a business. All right. And, and we, yeah. You do a good job here. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about what you make here because there are lots of choices. All of them we make here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's the apple feeder is the best. That's the is that your best seller? <laughs> yeah, I had the best one. seller. <laughs> we did. We had one. Yeah. So. And like every we make every fresh daily, mm -hmm. every day fresh. Every day the fresh. The second day, no more the second day store. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's fresh every day. I will tell you that the, the, the left, I used to do the same thing, the leftovers will actually make a good bread pudding. Really? Yes, they will. When they're older, as they dry up a little bit, they make a great bread pudding. So that's something you can do with some of them, yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, So you have holes there, you have rainbow sprinkles, and there's a little boy there in his pajamas who's now picking out a rainbow sprinkle donut, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this job makes you smile, doesn't it? <laughs> Alright, well listen, thank you. Tell us again the name of the business and your hours and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, in York, in Rainbow Donut in York, South Carolina, we open, uh, oh, we open six days a week. Mm -hmm. We close on Monday, actually. Mm -hmm. And the hours for weekend, uh, I mean weekday, is eight, six to eight. Mm -hmm. Only Sunday, seven to eight. <laughs> oh, you get an hour extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what time does your husband come in to start the donuts? Oh Every God. day fresh. Like, he, he almost stay here the whole night. Oh. Because the red, especially the red donut, mm -hmm. is keep cup for hours, you know. Okay. And when the summertime, it's really hard to make the donut. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. And we certainly had a great time here in York, South Carolina at Rainbow Donuts. And thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. Welcome back, everybody. I'm telling you, those were some kind of donuts, weren't they, Susan? Oh, they were. And we did work off part of those calories because we did something we'd never done before. Never done before. Exactly. We walked the entire tour downtown. Parked the car, stayed on our feet the entire day. We started with, of course, the visiting center, which we highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Next door to the McKelvey Center, which right. has been an educational facility for over 150 years now. Performing arts was once the largest women's college, I believe, in the state of South Carolina. Yes, so mm -hmm. that was not open for us that day. There are times, though, they actually do a lot of. Um, one of the people we met later on talked about what great music they yes. bring into there. So this it's a performing center that is used for birthday parties, for weddings, for all sorts yep. of inner arts and entertainment. So that was we walked by that, but then we just decided to take off and walk. There was a um, we had a. What was it across the street? We went and visited first, not the houses, but the actual cemetery. There was a cemetery, cemetery. there Very, yeah. from the Revolutionary War period. Exactly. And then we heard these voices of happy children, remember? That's exactly right. Oh, my goodness, people. We went over, we were over at, at an Episcopal church. And, yep, the Episcopal church, and, and across the way was another church. Right, yeah. And the fire department had come in. They had the sprayer on, spraying all of these little children on a Friday, last day of vacation Bible school. It was, it was great. Look on the website. We'll put yeah, some pictures up. We'll put up. some pictures up of that. It was fabulous. And we kept on walking. And, and the, this is 
tell them is this is what this is a real big historical district, isn't it? It's one of the largest historical districts in a small town mm-hmm. of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think it became a historic district, I believe, during the bicentennial period. Right. But it is well worth just taking your time and walking. People stopped us to talk to us and tell us what to see next. Remember? Exactly. And we even got asked where to get a passport. <laughs> right. They thought we were local. And the policeman saw us talking with the lady and we sort of flagged him over and he got with her and so they figured it out. So Yeah. So it was it was the most friendly city we have ever been in. I'm telling you, from from the, from the donut lady to the oh the coal place, we got to tell them about the coal oh, place. Yes, yeah, so we walked and we saw a bunch of houses. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. The Love depot, the, the depot, which is another center you can get information. Right. Um, and then we went to eat lunch, which was at the Coal Yard. The Coal Yard Lounge, I believe it <laughs> I believe was. It was. It was dark. We could eat outside. Yes, we could. It was, and we could see the library from the porch. Yes. The library, like the Library of New York, had some lions, remember? Yes, except these were carved out of wood. Uh, they were. They were not stone. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so we had a, just a great time finding it, and we had... Well, I'd I'd say we give this one a four and a half out of five, oh, if that's legal. I, yeah, I think four and a half is legal because it was a really good. Well, we make the a, rules. Adult, we can do adult pimento cheese. Uh, no, adult grilled cheese sandwich. Grilled cheese right? sandwich. And yes. we split it. Another one of our bookends. Exactly. We split our meals. We did because we had had the donuts <laughs> earlier. We didn't. We didn't split the donuts, y'all. <laughs> no. <laughs> We, we ate them. Like, oh, that's mine. That kind of thing. So that was definitely a five. But yeah, the, and the the ease with which they accomplished, you know, the splitting. They didn't question it. They didn't bring us a plate and make us do it. They brought it split to us. It was just very very friendly people there, and the waitress was great. So, but then we took off, and we were right near the main street, and so we went over on Main Street after lunch, still strolling around just downtown. Walking. Yeah. We saw, oh, there was uh, the theater. We did. Sylvia. The Sylvia Theater. And it is a running theater with first-run movies downtown still. And it's one of the few, I've heard, historic theaters that Mm -hmm. is still being used that way that is actually... Maintaining right. itself, Art so, Deco. Art Deco. Um, so it was. Yeah. It was that would have loved to have gotten mm-hmm. in that, and if you could arrange to have right. that sort of thing. Because I think you wanted to walk even further, and I detoured because there was a there was a dog shop. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. Two stories of nothing but dog stuff, people. Everywhere, but 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 all we were looking for was Kali stuff. Yeah, and I didn't drag her to the second story. We were okay there, but it was beautiful. It really was. They even had a little bakery inside there with dog things. And speaking of which, we also found a bakery for people. That's true. And Andy and I went in with Andy because she went in with me to the dog shop. That's right. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, bread's one of my passions, and I'm telling you, the On the Rise Bakery. In York mm-hmm. is the best I've been in outside of just, you know, some really, really big city. Yeah. She uses King Arthur flour. Everything's authentic. Um, oh, and, and Susan, I gave her a little bit of this bread that I bought that day. Yes, a cheese, did. garlic bread. Mm-hmm. And I told her to share it. I tr- I, I tried. <laughs> what, oh, what, what, what do you got? A little bit. <laughs> a little tiny bit. There you go. It was. It was. 
<laughs> yes, it was. It really was. So um, that was really wonderful. They have coffee there, and they're open again. Um, every day but Monday, I every believe Every day but Monday, yeah. yeah. So they do other things there. You can get sandwiches, mm-hmm. and you can. Uh, they do also... Uh, sweet rolls, cinnamon rolls, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, cookies, everything. And you got an interview we're going to put on the website, right? right? Yes, we are, yes. Okay. And so you listen for that. Terry Krieger was our, our um, baker's name. So we're downtown. We're, we're heading toward the courthouse now, yeah, which was a highlight of our day. It was beautiful. And this lady just met us on the street and said, Hello, y'all. I work at the courthouse. Have you seen it? <laughs> yes. We, we said no, but we will. <laughs> yes. And it was when you built, somebody was opening up a new shop, I think. Right around, kind of right. Mm-hmm. And she okay. was heading in that direction. So All we right. went to the courthouse. Yes, we did. And it is a very historic one, and it is on the uh, historic register yes. nationally mm-hmm. on its own, just yes, its, on its own, own merits. Right. On its own merits. And we had, again, the friendliest policeman. And one of us took us upstairs. Yeah. And yeah. took us on a tour. We went through the metal detector, and of course, I set all the alarms off because, you know, <laughs> artificial knees and park neck. Yeah. And, but then the fellow who you know, patted us down, so to speak, took us upstairs, showed us the courthouse. Yeah. And in short, we find out that this, we grew up in the same town, Roebuck, South Carolina. Roebuck, the South. deputy. Yeah, Deputy Lenny Moore. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you if you ever go. The guys there at, were just wonderful, very helpful. It wasn't in session. And he was very proud of the fact that the floors had been left. Yes. You know, from 1912 that are marble. But they even added more historical details mm-hmm. with things around the edge of the ceilings and, and really kind of gent- got it even yes, higher it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have computers and screens and all this kind of thing. So it was a really mm-hmm. nice he was very proud of it. He and was. I think and again, those connections, because both of us being from Roebuck, I think we may have bored Andy for a few moments <laughs> talking about the best places I to took eat some pictures. in Roebuck. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, we know that. But they uh, definitely, again, that was another example was of how fantastic. friendly, how, how really, really right. friendly they were. And then we took off for the next thing you're going to hear about, which is our tour of... And this is a bookend thing. Newberry College, Bill Hilton and I went to Newberry College together, and we were great friends. And he lives in York, and he was a teacher, and you're going to learn more about him now. Hilton Pond Center for Piedmont Natural History. What an amazing place. Listen to this. Let's take a break. Okay. Welcome in, everybody. It's Andy Hawkins, and I'm here with an old friend from college. And I'm going to get over a little closer so we can... We're sitting here at your place, Bill Hilton, and we are at uh, Hilton Pond. Hilton Pond Center for Piedmont Natural History. That's right. So tell them about what this place is and what it means to you. It's the longest name for the smallest nature center in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Did I mention that Bill has a wonderful sense of humor? (laughs) Uh, 11 acres here on the outskirts of York. Old farmhouse built probably in 1918 and added on to a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've been here since 1982 when I moved here with my family back then. Um, it was essentially an old farm that had been in grays or in row crops, corn, soybeans, cotton, for 100 years. So it was pretty much open, and I decided I didn't want to have it pretty much open, so I just let it go. And I've been <laughs> documenting natural succession of vegetation from early grassland to what is now a mature woodland, and hard, that, hardwoods and softwoods. And yeah. we're looking, we're surrounded by trees, 
really fabulous vegetation yeah. here. You really have let it go as it's changed over. And you said that uh, you've seen the progression from time to time. You also have a pond down here, obviously, because... Um, and tell me about that and what that means to you as a part of what you have here to teach with. And we're going to be talking about the teaching next. Yeah, the pond's very important. Uh, as I tell people, if they want to attract birds and other wildlife to their property, the first thing they should do is put out water. Mm -hmm. Water's more scarce in the environment than food is. So water of some sort, either a bird bath or a water fountain, or if you're really lucky, a stream or a pond, like this one acre impoundment we have here, really does a lot to bring in birds and small mammals and even big mammals for that matter. <laughs> birds that get in your nets. <laughs> yeah, we, we do catch those birds. That's one of the things I do here is um, mm -hmm. I band birds. Um, it's the most active bird banding station in South Carolina. So I catch these wild birds and put an aluminum band on their legs that has a number that gets recorded in the Federal Bird Banding Lab in Washington. If somebody finds one of these birds, they can report it. And that's the way we learn about migration and longevity and site fidelity whether they come back year after mm -hmm. year and all sorts of other things we wouldn't know about birds and so i've got almost 67,000 birds banded here since 1982 Ooh. and of those as of this morning exactly 6,033 ruby-throated hummingbirds which is really what i specialize in these days because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you um tell them a little bit about your career how you were teaching and how you got involved in this sort of the because well, yeah. you are a teacher at heart. This still is about teaching, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all about teaching. Yeah. People ask me what I do, and I tell them I'm an educator naturalist because there's no sense learning all these cool things about nature unless I share it with other people. And I do that originally in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and these days, um, I do it primarily through my websites and through magazine articles and giving presentations around the country to mm -hmm. school groups and garden clubs and what have you trying to share what my experience has been with nature and uh, trying to pay, make people a little more aware of how they li need to live in harmony with nature rather than fighting with it all the time. Yeah, when we were going down, the, we were taking some of the paths. You have a number of uh, two mile or so. That was a little over two miles. Two miles it? of uh, paths on 11 acres, which is geometrically impossible, but we make but it done. work. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I, I'm not a big spider fan, and he said it was a spider time of year. And uh, he was saying that sometimes he makes people walk around the webs. And I'm like, no. Well, that, that spider just spent all night spinning that web. And now she's going to have to eat the broken web and yeah, start over again. So. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but whatever. But, but those are the kind of little things, though, that people need to think about and as they interact with the environment, either on their own land or with you here. And you give an example of that. And we're actually sitting on some steps to your back deck. Uh, which is where the young children sit, and you have a table out in front of us, and you're out there, and we have, talk about these, that you talked about the hummingbirds, and how that became important to you a little bit, and yeah. the, about the traps, and how you do that, and how, we, we've actually held one in our hands, so thank you for that experience. Sure, everybody should have that experience. Uh -huh. um, I taught high school and college biology um, after I left Newberry. Uh -huh. um, I knew I wanted to be a biology teacher, even though I had a philosophy major from Newbury. Uh, <laughs> but actually, that taught me to think, and that's maybe a better preparation than teacher block. No offense to the education program. I but, was a philosophy uh, minor because I didn't do the teacher block either. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't major in education. <laughs> Susan didn't major in every education. So we're anti well, that, but we, we, we all taught. We got in the back door, and we did pretty well, I yes, think. Yes, so. we did. So... Um, 
so when I was teaching, I had a bird banding station and um, I got kids involved. And what I learned very early on was that a bird in the hand is one of the greatest teaching tools I could think of. Because <clears throat> again, I mentioned when you band a bird, you can learn about migration and sight fidelity and longevity. But I think I could teach about any subject because you know, a bird in the hand, you're going to look at color. You're gonna, you can talk about art. You talk about this bird migrating. You're going to talk about geography. You talk about uh, evolution and the behavior. Yeah, and you talk the about physics the, physics of of, the physics of flight. <laughs> you talk about weights and measures because you're weighing the bird and uh -huh. measuring the wing and the tail. And so the bird in the hand is just an incredible teaching tool. And I'll never forget when I was, um, when I was teaching high school biology and the principal came in to observe me. Uh -huh. And we were banding birds that day. And so the for the first five minutes, the, birds, the, the students had brought some birds in that we'd caught at the banding station. And we were talking about this really brightly colored prothonotary warbler, brilliant yellow. And the kids were just on the edges of their stools, just fascinated by this bird. And at the, at the end of the session, the principal came up and I said, well, how'd you like that? And he said, well, that was interesting, but where can you show me anything about bird banding in the high school biology yeah. curriculum? <laughs> and I said, I just taught evolution, ecology, behavior, and all those things that are in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And he said, but where does it say anything about bird banding? I said, I, this is a hopeless discussion. And Yeah, well, they asked me what Jesus Christ superstar had to do with <laughs> teaching when they came in and observed me playing that music. I said, right. poetry. Exactly. <laughs> Culture. So I, I, I reminded the principal that bird banding was a tool for teaching uh -huh. my subject matter. It wasn't uh -huh. the subject matter itself. Uh -huh. And he eventually caught on, I think. And yeah. so I went on to other things from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other things you went on to, I think people that need to know, and I think this is wonderful for our state because you've really made some contributions in this way, was the school. You were involved, you and your wife both were involved in the School for Science. The, yeah, the, the South Carolina School, School for Science and Mathematics in Hartsville. We helped start that school um, mm -hmm. back in 1988. And um, I was the director of research and the biology instructor. She was a uh, director of guidance. She'd been a guidance counselor for many years. Mm -hmm. And um, we got that school started. We're very proud of that. It's still going after all mm -hmm. these years and mm -hmm. um, still doing some of the things that we put in place back in that first year. Mm -hmm. very, very excited about that program and glad it's continuing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something I think. But after that, you came back to this, your basic first love here, other than your family. Um, and and what what do you, day to day, what is it like to work with this? Talk about a, a regular day. It's nature. Every day is different. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's why you like it, right, Bill? Oh, yeah. You don't get bored. That's for sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So what I've done uh, since those governor school years um, mm -hmm. Has essentially, I've become a science education consultant, right. and, and so I've I've run Hilton Pond Center for Piedmont Natural History full time as a research site and an education site and a conservation site, mm -hmm. but I've also gone around the country and um, lectured to various kinds of groups, uh, school groups and garden clubs and Audubon societies and what have you, mm -hmm. and and I was fortunate enough to get a, a National Science Foundation grant. Um, a number of years ago that helped underwrite my using traffic noise yeah. <laughs> my using hummingbirds as a um, teaching tool to get kids excited about science mm -hmm. and so I taught mm -hmm. teachers how to use hummingbirds and got involved with something called the globe program and wrote 
some ob observational protocols for teachers to use in the classroom, mm -hmm. and that worked out very well. Uh, now grant money is very hard to come by, mm -hmm. and so we depend entirely on donations from individuals and, and, uh, and groups and what have you, and also whatever fees I get for mm -hmm. hosting students here for field trips or or giving lectures or what have you. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's we run on a shoestring, no question about it. Uh, my website, as I said earlier, one of my principal outreach, that's hiltonpond.org. Mm -hmm. Also there's rubythroat.org, which is just about hummingbirds. But uh, I spend a lot of time maintaining this website. So answer your original question, you get up in the morning, <laughs> set the traps for the birds and these don't hurt the birds in any way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. open something called mist nets which look like giant hair nuts mm -hmm. and on days when i'm running traps and nets and i essentially spend the whole day doing that mm -hmm. uh, getting birds out of the it's just a loop you, yeah. you, you put them out then you go back to pick them up and right. yep. band them and do that and yeah. go back and check again mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. and then i have to record those data I have to transcribe them from my field notebook into the computer if i have a school group or a garden club coming then um, i block out a two-hour block on that day. We usually use bird banding as the teaching tool when those mm -hmm. people are here, although sometimes we just walk around the trails and see what we can see. Mm -hmm. So every day is different. Um, I spend a lot of time writing for magazines, but maintaining the website is a, is a major task. And I try to keep it updated mm -hmm. with uh, what's happening in the world, natural history at Hilton Pond at least. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a question for you that's a little different, and the folks listening are just going to have to bear with this. This is Going back to old times, what do you think Archie would think of this, Bill? <laughs> uh, Archie the Cockroach, originated by Don Marquis back in the 20s. And when I was editor-in-chief of the Indian at Newbury College, the campus newspaper, uh, Archie and I got a relationship started. And he, when I was editor of the newspaper, I could write editorials but had to sort of be, you know, really moderately calm in my editorials, but Archie the Cockroach could write about anything he wanted to, and uh, he would be delighted to know that I'm doing what I'm doing now, being a uh -huh. trendsetter in uh, environmental education in South Carolina, being the most <laughs> active bird banning site in the, in the whole state, and, and, and looking at cockroaches in a different way than I might in any other time. So. There you go. So that's just a little, I, we all loved Archie. <laughs> we, let's get the newspaper, what did Archie say this week? <laughs> <laughs> and you would march off to the to the dean's office and get your finger pointed at you, and yep. he would lose a few more strands of hair, turn a little grayer, and therein lies Bill Hilton. <laughs> so, listen, it's been wonderful seeing you again today, and and visiting your wonderful place here, and and really what a um what a gift it is to the school, the teachers, the of the whole country, really. So, thanks a bunch. Sure. Thank you. Just thanks. remember. Yes. Everything's connected to everything else. That's right. There you go. The basic principle of philosophy. There goes philosophy. Exactly. See, I have a minor. He has a major. So <laughs> <laughs> From Newberry College. Okay. So this is great. Let's tell folks how they could get in touch with you if they wish to have a tour. Yeah, the, the best way is through the website. Um, we're only open by appointment. We do charge a fee, of course. That's what supports our work. Mm -hmm. uh, but people can get in touch with me through education at hiltonpond.org education at hiltonpond.org and I go back to the websites hiltonpond.org and rubythroat.org okay well thank you very much it's been absolutely fabulous thanks for taking us on this very special tour 
Well, there you go, folks. That's Off the Eye in York, South Carolina. I hope you've had a good time listening to us today. And we want to say just a few words about next month, our Off the Eye trip. We've got some clues for that, don't we? For them to be thinking about... We're still using connections, aren't we, Andy? Absolutely. This is about who you know. Yes. Yes. And some of the people that we know are not from around here, are they? They're not. Some of them are... From above the Mason-Dixon line. Mm. So you can expect that if we have someone leading us next month off the eye, we're going way off with this guy from above the Mason-Dixon line. We certainly are. So stay tuned always to WKDK and enjoy off the The eye. And come come to our website if you want to learn more and hear like the... The, um, we got we our have, little blog. We've got our right, video. We've yeah. got all of our little recordings. So off the eye dot wordpress dot com. com. See you next time. Bye, y'all.